throughout the ages, people have looked up to the heavenlies, and in looking at the sky, they've imagined who could be, what could be there beyond their reach, their grasp, as they've looked at the celestial bodies. They know without a doubt that there's something, or maybe, maybe even someone. And, and, and philosophers and, and prophets of old and different ones would, would declare and speak about this. And it just seemed as if whatever this creator, whatever this thing was or is, is so distant. How in the world could a God so big become God with us? How could one that could fashion the skies and everything else that you see literally come and be God with us? The glory of the heavenlies is a testament to the fact that there's a creator. We can look and see in the mountains and, and in the trees and in the oceans and everything that God has created. You can see there's something, but, but let me just say it again. How could it got so big be God with us? How? And, and, and I was looking at some scriptures here um, before we get into those. Even some of the words we use for God just seems like he's so big. He is omni. That sounds huge, doesn't it? Kind of ominous. He's omnipresent. He's always present. He's, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. And this awesome, ominous God, how in the world can a God so big become God with us? You know, sometimes if you think about it, in this big world, you can feel really, really small. Sometimes there's people right here. At times we can feel really insignificant when we look at the scope of, of life and history. And, and, and even if you sit on your back porch and just look up, sometimes you just feel really, really small. And, and you know, in scripture, you would see writers like Isaiah. He, he said this, God spoke through him and said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. And I just want to say, yeah, I know, God, you're absolutely right. Your thoughts, your ways are so distant. They're so far from me. How can you so big, so grand, so amazing? How can you be God with me? How can you be God with us? Isaiah would go on and he would say this, glories of God and this powerful, amazing, grand creator. He would say this, he would say, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span? Enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. This is a grand, amazing, big God. How can such a big God become God with us? He goes on, do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and inhabits, inhabitants are like grasshoppers. I know who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And there it seems the dilemma, as many throughout the years will look into the heavenlies. It just seems unsearchable. How can God so big, so grand, become God with us, the greatness and the glory of the heavenlies would leave one to believe that the creator of all one sees would be unapproachable and unattainable, that he would be so transcendent that there's no way he could be imminent. There's no way he could be familiar. There's something beautiful about familiarity. You, you, you kind of take granted for granted, but it's just a beautiful thing. My, yesterday, my son, Mac, he crawls up into bed. Dad, we got to go to church. It's Sunday. 
And I said, no, we don't. I said, church is canceled. He goes, well, who did that? I said, I did. He goes, you can't do that. I told him I can. He said, who told you you could? Apparently, he doesn't know his dad's kind of a big deal. No, I'm just kidding. But he didn't understand that. And I was trying to explain, I'm your dad, but, but I'm, I'm something else too. And, and I was explaining to him. I said, you know, Pastor Corey and Pastor Stephanie and Pastor Marvin and Pastor Brantley. And, and he's like, yeah. I go, those guys, they all work for me. No. Really? Why? Why was he having a hard time with that? Because I'm just dad, which is awesome. There's a familiarity. He could never imagine something being different than just this, just he seems. But for us, sometimes God seems so much further than father. He seems so much removed. He, like the, 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 the skies you look at at night just seems so distant. So, as I said, transcendent, but he is God with us. But at times we struggle with that. David said it this way, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall go to heaven? Who shall go up before the presence of God? Who shall stand in his holy place? And then you know what? It's true. Who's going to go to God? You know what's neat? From the dawn of time, God has been coming to man. From the dawn of time, you see Adam and Eve in a garden that the creator created. And then the Bible says that he would come in the cool of the evening and he would have fellowship with man. God's always wanted to be with us. You're kind of desirable, you know? And he would come in the cool of the evening. I don't want you to miss this. As the day grew dark, God would come to be with them. Listen to that again. As the day grew dark, as the evening came, God would come to walk amongst them. And so from that time on, I believe people have always had a longing, something that there has to be something more. There has to be someone more. And, and with that, that, the idea that he has created us for so much more. But you know what? How can a God so big become God with us? David, a shepherd, who I, I believe would stay out a lot at night with his sheep. And he would look into the heavenlies and he would say things like this. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what man is it that you are mindful of him? I'm just so small. And the son of man that you care for them, that you care for us. I could just see him on that hill looking out at the stars and just saying, who am I that you would want to be with me? Who am I? How could you ever, God, how could you ever be God, God with us? Behold which will mean shall be with child and you will call the name of that child Emmanuel, which will mean God with us, amen? Those, those shepherds I talked about earlier today, an angel of the Lord appeared to them as they were looking out over the heavenlies and the glory of the Lord. Say the glory of the Lord. And that's all that God is, his power, his might, his presence, the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you, born this day in the city of David, is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Say, who is? Who is? Yeah, who is Christ the Lord? And this will be a sign for you. You will find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. You'll find a baby, a baby. Is there anything more approachable than a baby? 
Before the service, I was back here in the back corner, and I saw little the little prince baby, little girl. She oh so cute. Little babies are just so approachable. You just want oh, you know. I think it's beautiful the thought that God Himself would show up as a babe in a manger. Man, so approachable. This big God choosing to be God with us in such a small, small way. But don't miss it. Don't miss it because it doesn't just say that he was a babe swaddled, lying in a manger. It says he is Christ the Lord. Listen to this. That babe did not become deity. That baby did not grow into being Lord. That baby did not grow into being the King of kings and Lord of lords. That babe in the manger from day one was wonderful counselor. From day one, mighty God. From day one, everlasting father. From day one, prince of peace. That babe in a manger was God, and he was God all by himself. Amen? Why? Because there's some folk in here right now. You need some peace. You need some counsel. You need the mighty hand of God. You need an everlasting father. Amen? And that babe in the manger, man, Jesus came to let us see and know that God is with us. I love that. He's not distant. He is so, so close. And it says that he is. He is. Like I said, man, that's an affirmation that we can always have on our lips. When you're going through something, you can declare he is. He is. Amen. How many needs to be able to declare this night? He is. I don't know what you might be going through, but he is what you need. Amen. And so with that, God did not come in such a grand way. You would have thought he would have, but he came in such a way that it would be approachable. He came in such a way, so tender, so meek and mild, but every bit God, every bit powerful. He just came in a simple, as a babe, as a babe in a manger. Amen? As a babe. I love it. In a man, so it's okay. It's okay. We've all had them. We've all had them. We've had a few. It's okay. It's, it's a babe in a manger. <laughs> And, and, and I got to thinking about that, that babe that came in a manger. And we've heard this story, and I just want to kind of show you how close God wanted to be. When it comes to God wanting to be with us, um, you know, in our minds, I think when we think of the story of Mary and Joseph coming to Bethlehem, we picture them knocking on the door of a house. No, there's no room. Go on to another house. Knock on the door. No, no room. Finally, they're on the outskirts of town, way away from everybody. And they knock on an inn. And the innkeeper comes. And no, I don't have room either. But you can go way out back all by yourself and go back to the stable. You can go back there. Guys, I don't really think that's what happened. I think in the Palestinian mind, if you think of that era and that time, it was a census where Joseph was going back to his homeland. It would have been an insult in that culture for him not to have asked of a family member if he could stay. And it would have been an insult of a family member not to have offered and not to have opened the door. I really believe it was a family member. Joseph knocked on the door and the family member said, we don't have room, but you can use our stable. Well, pastor, it says there's no room in the inn. No, no, no. The word there... In literature that is current with scripture, the Greek word for in, like that place where travelers go, like, and they just stop on their way, that's not the word that's there. The word that's there in our New Testament is the word for an upper room, a guest room, another place. And in other places in the scripture, in the New Testament, when it used that room, that idea of this other room, they would use the same word. Isn't that neat? So picture with me this, okay? A God that has always wanted to be with us comes up to a family member, Joseph knocks on the door, and that, that family member says, you know what, you, I don't have room in the, in the guest area, because there's so many people here, but you know what, you can go in my stable. Okay, well, Ross, what does that mean? 
in that day and age. They would have stables on that first floor out in the front of the home, still kind of within the house. It gave safety and protection to those, those families' animals from thievery at night or from animals at night. And so that stable would be close. Everybody say close. Close to where the family is. And then the mangers were little dugout divots of dirt, little dugout spots in the dirt where the grain would be or the hay would be. And that's where those animals would feed. And our Savior was born in somewhat of proximity to family. I just love that. Not distant out back amongst nobody. and No, no God has always wanted to be with people. He wants to be with you. He wants a relationship with you. That's who he is. And so with that, that babe was born right there, so connected, so close. I just think it's so beautiful. Why? Because he's always wanted to connect. He's always wanted to be God with us, Chance. Catherine, he's always wanted to be God with us. That's who he is. He's not distant. He's not distant, Michael. He's God with us. And that's something that we can be reminded of at this time. That from that one dark but holy night, God came to be with every one of us. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill towards man. Right in the midst of the darkness, those shepherds watching, God comes and declares that it is peace on earth that he has come to bring, that it's the glory of God that's in the highest that he's come to bring to man. Amen? Amen. That he is with us, and that he has come to bring all that he has to his people. David, as I said earlier, as he's looking into the darkness as a shepherd as well, when he said, I looked at the heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you've set in space, what he said, but what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? When he saw all that expanse, it caused him to say, who am I? Well, you know, and, and, and just recently I had the most amazing opportunity. About 10 months ago, a man by the name of Dennis, I was asked by his mother and his father if I would visit with him. And um, they said he had found out he had cancer. He's 51 years old. And I went to meet with him. And when he thinks of who God is and sees everything in its expanse, God must not be. That was kind of where he, he came to his decision. And so the day I got to speak with him the first time, I asked him, I said, on that continuum of faith, from the idea of atheist to agnostic, I teased him, I said, all the way up to hairspraying televangelist. And he said, well, let me come down here. <laughs> you know? And he said, you know, I would have to say I'm probably between an atheist and an agnostic, you know. I don't believe at all, and if he is, there's no connection. How can he be mindful of me and vice versa? And so that's kind of where he, that's where he stood. And that day, all I wanted to do was to allow something, a little bit of light to start to pierce that, that expanse that he's looking at, thinking, how in the world can God be with us? And I just asked him this question. I said, look, I want you to pray. And I didn't realize how big a question that was until this past Thursday when I did his funeral. I didn't realize it. his wife had said that she'd been in an accident, and in the accident, she had broke her neck, and she had to have surgery, and she asked her husband, will you pray for me? And he said, no, I can't. You know I don't believe in that. I'll think good thoughts towards you. And she shared this with me on Thursday. She wanted me to understand the difference she started seeing in this man. But I said to him, I said, please, just an exercise. Pray this. Say, Jesus, make yourself known to me. 
That's all I want you to do. And you know what? If he's not real, he won't. But if he is, please be intellectually honest enough to not call it coincidence. And that man began to pray that prayer. And every time I would talk with him, how's it going, Dennis? How's it going, buddy? And he would start to tell me the God things. This atheist starts telling me what God is doing. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Whew. Things would work out. Appointments would be made. Doctors they weren't supposed to get an opportunity with. Drugs they weren't supposed to get an opportunity with. And things would happen. And this man, he continued to start seeing God and all of that. And a week and a half before he went to see his creator, he gave his life to Jesus. Amen? And it wasn't because the preacher had him by the shirt. It wasn't. He was in his room all by himself. I preached enough word to him. He knew it. And he was in his room all by himself, and his wife heard him in there praying. A couple days later, he told his mama, who was in the second service today, he, she told, he told him, he said, I made everything right with God the way Pastor Ross said I needed to. <laughs> and man, I'm telling you, I saw something in that man that was powerful. Why? Because that distant God, when you look at the heavenlies, had become God with us for that man's life. And it was remarkably noticeable in his life at the end. It was noticeable in his funeral. It was so powerful that in the midst of that darkness, Jesus showed up and he's with the Lord today. You see, when Adam and Eve, the creator would come, I told you he would visit them in the evenings. As the day grew dark, he would come to be with him. Sometimes in our lives, when those dark days come, we feel like, where is God? He's so distant. Can I tell you right now, when the dark days come, that's when he's closest. When the dark days come, in that cool of that time, when the dark days come, he is an ever-present help in time of need. He is there with you in the midst of that. That is the midnight clear. In the midst of the darkness, the clarity that comes, it's the clarity we need in our dark moments, and it's the reminder that he is with us and that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. And so that's the midnight clear for us. And the reason why is because Jesus didn't just come to be God with us. I love how this just permeates the room. He didn't come to just be God with us. In Colossians, it says this, that he is Christ in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It was as if God in the heavenly said, I'm not satisfied. I'm coming right down myself. And then I'm not just, I'm coming to live within you. Not just with you, but in you, the hope of what? Glory. Remember we started, the glories in the heavenlies, all that God has. It says, glory to God in the highest. Everybody go like this, reach up in the air. Glory to God in the highest. And now touch yourself in the chest, peace on earth. In other words, everything that God is, his glory, all that he has, who he is, his power, his might, his ability, everything that seems so distant, he did it all because he is God with you and he is God in you, your hope of glory. All that God is, all he is in the heavenlies, he's in your heart as well. All that it's out here, he's right here with you. All that he is in the heavens, he is in your heart as well. And so with that, I want you to go back one last time to the manger I told you about. Remember when I told you Christ in us, the hope of glory? Remember when I told you those little dirt divots there? And Jesus was laid in that little manger in the little dirt divots. Everybody tap yourself on the chest one more time. You are a, a really sweet little dirt divot. <laughs> That's what you are. We are earthen vessels that God inhabits with his presence. And that's what we are. And he chooses to not just come with us, but he comes, or he comes, comes in us. 
and he goes through life with us. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, right now there are people in this room that need to know that. They need to know that just like my friend Dennis, they can call on you as Savior of their life, and you'll come, and they'll, you'll forgive them their sins, and they'll, you'll save them, Jesus. There's people here that need that light to turn on on the inside for the very first time. And so, Lord, there's others here today that it does seem dark and you do seem distant. Would you encourage them today that you are here, that you are God with us? You haven't left them. And, Father, as we have lit these candles and have in turn lit our friends and family members around us, would you help us, Lord God, to live lives where we are true to your heart and the expression of your heart, just as you came to us, Lord, we, we are people that allow you to come and minister to us. And then, Lord, would you allow your presence to work in us and minister through us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.